I really don't like the Vegas Golden Knights, and I don't think a lot of you do either. Winnipeg has once again went to Vegas and unfortunately did not come out winning the jackpot. Uh, a tough start to the game led to Winnipeg falling behind early, and after that, the Jets were chasing the game, and sometimes it's just not your night. We'll talk about what went wrong for the Jets and how they might prepare and, and fix things ahead of the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday, coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Now, like I said, obviously the Jets uh, just concluded playing against the Golden Knights very early my time, uh, late in the evening for most of you listening in Winnipeg or somewhere out in, in central Canada. Um, and obviously the Jets... Yeah, if you stayed up to watch the game, you were probably a little bit disappointed with the outcome. Winnipeg was not particularly great. Uh, the first period, you know, the Jets found themselves, I guess, forgetting how to play hockey. There were some really bad pinches, guys not covering for each other, um, some silly turnovers and passes, and the Jets just generally looked very disorganized for like the first 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and that's really all it took for Vegas to rack up four quick goals. You know, the Jets maybe got a little bit unfortunate on one or two deflections, but overall, the Jets just played very poorly. David Riddick really wasn't stopping much of anything. And before you knew it, Winnipeg was down 4 nothing, and it was like barely 15 minutes through the game. So the, the Jets, you know, they put themselves in a really tough spot. Uh, and, and the set, you know, the first period wasn't great. The second period, Winnipeg kind of started to claw things back and at least play reasonably acceptable hockey. But you know, the Jets were at that point kind of too far gone. And uh, unfortunately, despite a couple of goals across the evening, Winnipeg just really didn't have enough in the tank to finish this one out. Uh, Dubois ended up getting a goal. I guess the positive spin is, you know, we had a Perfetti point, another assist for Cole, who seems to be finding his groove at this level. Um, so, you know, despite a lot of the weaker elements of this Jets team, at least some of the kids are really shining. We also had a Neil Pionk goal in late in the third period where the Jets were still trying to pull things back. Um, you could kind of tell that the Knights had really sat back for most of the game after that first period. Winnipeg, for the most part, was controlling the play, but you could tell that it was a little bit disjointed somehow. Like, passes weren't really connecting. Winnipeg would try to stretch pass. They would miss fire. And then the Knights would also kind of ice the puck right after that and give the puck back to the Jets who should have had ample opportunity opportunities to score because um, the goalie in net for Vegas, Aiden Hill, wasn't really doing a great job. 
the Knights defense, in my mind, was giving the Jets shooters a decent amount of space to work with. And yet it was always like a one one and done kind of opportunity. And Winnipeg really just wasn't doing a lot to uh, generate some consistent offense. So, you know, you'll look at the shot clock, uh, the shot clock, and you might see a decent number of chances for the Jets on goal. You might look at some expected goal models and think, were the Jets really that bad? Uh, and it kind of comes and goes in waves, right? The first period, absolute horror show. But, you know, this is kind of like old hat for us. We've seen how the Jets are against teams that are fast, and especially on the second half of a back-to-back. I mean, you know, we, we just watched them, you know, squeak out a win against the Colorado Avalanche. I think a lot of us were expecting this to be a schedule loss. So in the grand scheme of things, not necessarily a big deal. Um, but I, I think that there were some, like, troubling signs in terms of, you know, how the coaching staff is trying to fix problems and some things that are just wrong with the roster in general, especially as soon as the Jets experience even one injury or something. Uh, Ehlers had to sit this one out tonight. Sandberg also sat this one out. Both apparently are dealing with injuries. Ehlers has been dealing with something that's been nagging him for the past week or so. It has now held him out of, what, two or three games? So uh, this is the second game that he missed, and there's a chance he might miss one on Saturday if he's not you know, back to full strength. Uh, Sandberg, you know, he's battled injuries over the past couple of years with the Moose, uh, it held him out last year, in which it was a season that he probably could have made the Jets. So there are some things Winnipeg can't really control, but I feel like the front office has put themselves in this position where you walk into a game like this one against the Knights. The roster has basically been hot-wired to try and get something out of it, uh, although what it got out of it was not particularly impressive for at least part of it. Uh, so the, the Jets have some really big questions and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have the answers. I think Winnipeg is is kind of pushing against a wall that it's also set up partially for itself. And I think until the Jets are able to get around that wall and kind of get past some of their own limitations and some of the poor decisions that they have made in the past, they're going to be stuck here. And I think, you know, this this team is going to really try and fight as hard as it can. But I think the reality is when you look at how Winnipeg struggled to create offense uh, you know, the, the backup goaltending maybe not being amazing. The Jets kind of have a bit of a limited ceiling. It's not like they can't work past it if they get fortunate, but, you know, the Jets really need some reinforcements. And I think that that is like the primary takeaway that I've had uh, for the past couple of games is there are players on this team who should probably be promoted. Some guys who might need to be cycled down further in the lineup, uh, some roles that need to change and some spots on the roster that frankly need some upgrades. We'll talk about what I think the Jets should maybe try and attempt to do here as uh, you know the season really gets underway. It is still very early, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to say that. Uh, you know, Why are you being pessimistic? But it's more like continuing trends over the past couple of years, stuff that is catching up to the Jets now, uh, and, and things that have been problems previously still are, are problems to this day. So we'll go through that in a little bit and uh, hopefully come across maybe a solution or two that actually gives the Jets some fun thoughts. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the football betting info that you could possibly need, whether you're into college or professional football. I'm a Terps fan. Uh, football for me, especially college football, wasn't something that I cared about until you know the past season or two. I've been checking in a lot more frequently. Uh, obviously, our team is doing well, and I'm also a Ravens fan, so I get 
good old Maryland football both ways. And Bet Online has you covered with both angles. They've got everything from player developments to team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis, and everything in between on all of the games, all of the teams, players, etc. You name it, they've got you covered. Uh, and they, they want to really be this multimedia you know, source and spot so that you'll always stay up to date on your favorite teams, your favorite players, and be able to make the most informed bets possible. They've also got up-to-the-minute scores and live betting. So, you know, whether you're looking for football or maybe the MLB, NHL hockey, for all of you Jets fans looking to cast a few bets on Winnipeg or maybe some other teams, uh, MMA, boxing, golf, horse racing, auto racing. I've even seen German football on there. I mean, no matter what you're into, BetOnline has you back. Um and they've also got Vegas casino games for those of you who are looking for a little bit of a change of pace away from sports. So getting started really couldn't be easier. Just go register for a free account on your laptop or mobile device right now at betonline.net because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. In just a moment, we'll talk about some potential solutions for Winnipeg to try and uh, get itself out of the rut that it kind of finds itself in. Obviously, like a 2-2 start to the season is okay, but there are some very clear patterns of problems that the Jets kind of need to get ahead of if they want to have a shot at making the postseason this year. Before we go any further, though, I do want to encourage you to make your second listen game to game from a locked on NHL. It features every moment, every top performance, and every result given to you in 45 to 60 second uh, increments per team, per moment, um, our locked on game to game coverage really hits every game across the league. And we want to make sure that, you know, all the NHL action that you want to stay up to date on is given to you in a super digestible, super uh, accessible and very quick and brief format. It's local analysis that only locked on can deliver in our most uh, approachable and digestible package yet. Follow game to game on locked on NHL available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms right now. Circling back to the Jets, obviously Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, saying Winnipeg has some problems would probably be underselling it a little bit. Um, not because the Jets are are necessarily a, a terrible team. I think that that would probably be overstating things. I think what is wrong with the Jets is stuff that kind of carried over from the offseason and hasn't really been addressed. One of the biggest issues this, this team is going to face and has already faced is roster depth. Um I want to take a look at the case example of Ehlers being out because I think Nick is one of our most important players on this team. Ehlers is very clearly the straw that kind of stirs the drink for a lot of this offense. Uh, that first line of Ehlers, uh, Connor, and Shifley together was dominant. Um, defensively, maybe a little bit loose, but offensively, because Ehlers can do so much transition work, it just allowed Shifley to be this creative playmaking force down the middle uh, and KFC to just kind of roam because Connor is not a guy who does a lot of that buildup stuff uh, particularly well. But when you need somebody who will have that extra level of flair and technique to finish off opportunities, that is the guy you want. Uh, and so this unit together did fantastically. And then Ehlers goes out. Suddenly Appleton gets promoted. And the first line, frankly, hasn't been the same since. Um, but the problem is, is that when that first line gets tabled, a lot of Winnipeg's top nine offense also starts to dry up. Uh, in the game against Vegas, you know, the bottom six ended up being a lot more impactful offensively, especially that fourth line. And it kind of brings me to a, a point that I wanted to make about 
the Jets may be needing to revisit some of the roles that they've assigned. Uh, the third line with Lowry was like present and did okay. But I think over the past couple of games, we've seen the fourth line really stand out, especially in the forechecking and the creativity um, and the scoring chance creation. That unit just works. Um, and it really starts with David Gustafson and Sam Gagne. That pairing together is dynamite. Uh, you have Gustafson, who is a brilliant, hardworking player. I think his game is the kind that Jets fans really should embrace and fall in love with because it gives you everything you want. He's He's got that gritty persistence. He's got strong physicality, but he also fights for every shift. You know, if you'll see him like diving for pucks to keep it inside the offensive zone, even when it looks like it's going to be a clear zone exit where everyone's going to have to tag up. He'll always make that extra lunge. He'll always make that extra play, and he usually pulls it off. He's also a guy who's very responsible with a buck. He tries not to turn it over. Uh, oftentimes, he'll try and force turnovers himself. He's just a guy who does it all, and he's such a smart player. You know, he sees the ice at a very advanced level. He knows where his teammates are to, to set up good scoring opportunities. He just does everything that I think is really important, and it starts to make me wonder Maybe you need to promote him up to somewhere even as high as the second line center role. He's a guy that I think legitimately deserves a shot there because he's such a smart player. We've seen him be a beast for the Moose on their top six. And I think people have really undersold his technical ability and skill uh, to the point where right now he's being cast as a fourth liner. But this guy is a lot more than that. Uh, ever since he got drafted, he's done nothing but improve over the years to the point where I think the Jets legitimately have a really amazing two-way center here, somebody who might actually be good enough to play on that second line. And if you pair him with skill out wide, he can take over the game. I think he might be the missing presence down the middle that the Jets top six has been looking for. And I think he would pair beautifully with like Perfetti, with Connor, whoever you give him, I think he has uh, the defensive presence and the work rates to really he, he'll backtrack, he'll be a defensive monster, but he's also somebody who can keep up offensively and set up his linemates for great scoring opportunities. Uh, I've been a big you know, fan of his for many seasons now, and it's, it's great to see him finally making the NHL, but I think his role needs to be adjusted, and I think the Jets would benefit greatly from him sliding into that top, that top nine, maybe not as high as 2C yet, but kind of swapping spots with Lowry at least. I think Adam has done a solid job so far, but I think if you put Lowry in more like a fourth line center role, you'll see him really shine, uh, just like we're seeing Wheeler right now kind of returning to his roots and actually playing pretty darn good hockey since he's not playing like 25 minutes a night. Um, I think Gustafson and Gagne both deserve to get more ice time. I think that they have really carved out great opportunities, opportunities against their opponents. And generally speaking, they have been defensively stronger than a lot of the guys on this team. So we'll see what the team does with this this squad. Uh, once bonus comes back, maybe he'll evaluate things a little more accurately than the assistant coaching staff has. But, you know, that fourth line is fantastic. And I think it deserves a, a bigger shot and a bigger role for this team because, you know, Winnipeg is really needing to squeeze offense pretty much from any source that it can. And if this line is really killing it for you, maybe think about playing him a little more. It's not the only role, though, that definitely needs to be adjusted and thought about again. We'll talk about a couple of other units and players that might need to maybe have some adjustments made, plus uh, some gaps that the team still needs to fill in just a little bit. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. We're just sort of wrapping up some thoughts from not just the game against the Golden Knights, but uh, the start to the season so far before Winnipeg returns home. Uh, it's been a little bit of an uneven uh, mixed bag, but I mean, you kind of expected that. I mean, the Jets, um, they're not even have, you know, they, they don't even have their head coach right now. Bones Bones is out sick. Uh, he's in recovery, so he might come back this weekend, which would be awesome. In the meantime, though, you know, Arneal and Lauer have kind of been taking over the reins. Um, and the Jets are also dealing with like lots of injuries and a thin roster to begin with. So it's been <laughs> it's been a tough one. Right. But I think, you know, there are some optimization things. You know, I said promoting David Gustafson into your top nine, I think, would make a lot of sense, uh, especially to help Dubois maybe, you know, take a, a little bit of the the pressure off of him. Uh, let him kind of shine. He's been better recently, but it would be nice if he had a really good high octane two way center behind him to eat up a lot of those minutes as well. Uh, and that's where I think Gustafson can kind of slide in. I'd also like Gagne to maybe get a look in Ehlers' spot if uh, Nick can't play this weekend. Assuming the Jets don't call up like a Brad Lambert or a Lucius or something, uh, I think Gagne for me has been one of the most consistent offensive producers uh, in the bottom six aside from Gus. And I think Sam would actually do pretty well alongside Shifley. I mean, we've seen him do well on the power play. And I think at even strength, we know that he can keep up. He has been a top, top six player in his career before. It's not like this is his first rodeo, right? Uh, and he's he's already bagged a couple of goals. He seems to be in the right scoring areas. And I think he offers a little bit more than, than Appleton can. Um, the only thing with Sam is that he's not really a big transition player either. So, you know, again, Shifley has to do a lot of the carrying and the defense on the back end is going to have to be really active too which occasionally is to the detriment of that unit because um, Connor needs to do a little bit more to support the defenders and his, his offensive line mates, and he just hasn't so far. So it's kind of led to some really bad counters, some bad defensive coverages, some missed assignments. Gagne might not help with that, but I think Sam, at least offensively, can be the spark that that unit could use, especially because Ehlers is such a creative player, such a great scorer, and his presence is just, I mean, it's very obvious that he's missing. I think if you slide Appleton further down the lineup and, and put him back, maybe in like a more grindy for checking role, I think he'll do fine with that. Gus can basically work with just about anyone and find decent results. So I don't worry so much about Dave too much. I just think in that top six, you need better goal scoring and better finishing talent. And, you know, Appleton for the transition game that he does have, it is a little bit limited. And I think offensively, his production, it's not quite at the level to where I think he'd keep up consistently with his top six unit. So maybe swap, you know, swap those guys around. It is a little bit of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. If I'm being a hundred percent honest, you're trying to squeeze goals out from somewhere because the team has some issues. Um, looking at the defense, I, I just Logan Stanley can't really be playing that much more. I think that has been obvious for a while now. Uh, and he actually basically played like, I don't know, a minute and a half, two minutes at most uh, in the third period. I mean, he really didn't play that much against Vegas, uh, especially after the first couple of periods, he really struggled. Once he got benched, you know, the defense, um, I wouldn't say it improved, but it was certainly a little smoother. You saw a little bit more dynamic puck movement. And I think this weekend, if Sandberg is still out, I wonder if Heinle maybe gets a call up because this team definitely needs a back-end power play quarterback, um, somebody who can be a, a puck facilitator and mover, because Stanley just can't do it. Uh, he tries really hard, and sometimes he'll have a couple of decent plays a game, 
but all of the mistakes that he makes on a consistent basis put the Jets in a really tight spot. And I think Winnipeg really has no choice but to try and go a little bit more offensively minded on that back end and swap in somebody else on that third pairing. Uh, as far as what the Jets could still use, obviously they need like a top nine transition skater like Puya Yarvi or something. Um, they they could use a finisher, but I mean, that's asking for a little bit too much right now. Um, and really, they need a dynamic puck mover on the back end. They also probably need to think about the goalie position behind Hellebuck because Riddick hasn't really impressed so far. Um, and I'm, I'm not really seeing him seizing this role. And if the Jets are serious about running Riddick more than they ran Comrie last year, that's scary a little bit right now, just because Dave has kind of struggled early. Maybe he settles down and fits in like a glove, but I'm not getting strong backup vibes yet. So uh, maybe do some cheap shopping. Maybe you can find a, a backup goalie from somewhere. I don't know. The Jets had a great one, and they let him go for nothing um, to Buffalo, so that's a little bit frustrating. Uh, I, I think the asset management portion has really been irritating in light of all of the injuries and stuff the Jets are already dealing with. Kovacevic has been pretty good for the Habs. Um, he would have been really helpful right now because he could slide in on that right side and Schmidt could be on the left side uh, and you'd have a pretty darn good third pairing. Um, Svechnikov could have been slotted in on that second line and given you know uh, a, a little bit more depth to the top nine. We know that he could keep up with Dubois, Dubois previously. You could try and re reunite that line, maybe swap Perfetti around. It'd give the Jets more tactical flex flexibility since they seem not to really be interested in calling anyone up from the moose. So, I mean, again, how much of this stuff would really change Winnipeg's outlook on the entire season? Hard to say, but at least in the short term, right? You maybe give yourself a little bit more of a fighting chance than what we saw against the Knights and against the Stars. So, yeah, season's a long way to go. Obviously, it's just the start. So um, no point in, in crying over spilled milk. Let me know what you think the Jets should do or who they might sign or call up that you would think you would be impressed and happy to see. Let me know in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. As for the uh, rest of the episode, though, that is all the time that we're going to have for this evening. Next week, I'll give you some thoughts on whatever the Jets do over the weekend. Hopefully it doesn't suck. Um, and I'll also try and watch the Moose games and give you some more insight onto how the Moose have fared, maybe some of the Jets prospects, all that fun stuff. So be sure to uh, stay tuned. And, you know, as always, thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Philip Livingstone help bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice every Monday through Friday. You can follow them and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Same platforms we're available on, so go do that right now. And as always, thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.